Hello everyone. In this class, we'll try to learn about digestion and absorption. Digestion and absorption. First, coming to carbohydrate digestion. In mouth, tylen, that is salivary amylase, acts on cooked food. The products of digestion are maltose, maltose, and alpha dextrins. In stomach, no amylatic enzyme is secreted by stomach. Salivary amylase action continues in the stomach till highly acidic gastric juice mixes with food and makes it inactive. The products of digestion are maltose, maltose, and alpha dextrins. In upper small intestine, that is in duodenum, the pancreatic amylase acts both on cooked and uncooked food at 1,4 glycosidic linkage. The products of digestion are maltose, maltose, and alpha dextrins. The lower part of the small intestine, final digestion of carbohydrates takes place here. Enzymes used are brush powder enzymes and it includes disaccharides. Like uh, you can see, alpha limiting dextrinase converts dextrin into glucose, maltose gets converted into glucose in presence of maltase and sucrose uh, lactose are converted into glucose fructose glucose galactose in presence of sucrose and lactose lactase respectively absorption of carbohydrates they are absorbed in the form of monosaccharides glucose and galactose uh, commonly they are absorbed by sodium dependent active transport mechanism system fructose is by facilitated diffusion and pentose is by simple diffusion Glucose and galactose are absorbed by sodium co-transport mechanism. The carrier protein is called SGLT1, that is sodium-dependent glucose transporter. Glucose and sodium combines with uh, SGLT1 and is released inside the intestin intestinal cell. The sodium is transported into the lateral intercellular spaces and the glucose is transported by glucose transporter 2, that is GLUT2, into the interstitial space and and thence the blood uh, and, hen, and thence to the blood capillaries okay. so here you can see the absorption of the glucose it's always with the sodium with the SGLT1 and when it is glucose is uh, reabsorbed then it is transported uh, to the blood by the uh, by facilitated diffusion uh, through the uh, GLUT transport mechanism Proteins digestion. In mouth, digestion of protein does not occur as there are no proteolytic enzymes in saliva. In stomach, pepsin, the important peptic enzyme of the stomach is secreted by chief cells of gastric glands in an inactive form. Pepsinogen is then converted into pepsin by HCl. Pepsin is the most active at pH of range between 2 to 3 and is inactive at pH above 5. Therefore, HCl secretion by stomach is essential for the digestion of proteins. Pepsin acts on proteins and splits into proteases, peptones and polypeptides. This splitting of proteins occur as a result of hydrolysis at the peptide, link, peptide linkage between two amino acids. Gelatinase liquefies gelatin and renin is absent in adult human but it is abundant in infants where it helps in the digestion of uh, casein. Optimum pH of stomach is around uh, 
1.6 to 3.2. In small intestine, the protein digestion occurs mainly in the upper small intestine that is in the duodenum and jejunum under the influence of proteolytic enzymes from pancreatic secretion. Immediately on entering the small intestine from stomach, the partial breakdown products of the protein foods are attacked by major proteolytic pancreatic enzymes like trypsin, chemotrypsin, carboxypeptidase and uh, proelastase. Trypsin, chemotrypsin and elastase that is uh, these are the endopeptidases act on the inferior interior of the peptide chain to form small peptides. Elastases digest the elastin fibers the carboxypeptidases or, or, or exopeptidases act on the terminal amino acids and produce small peptides into amino acids. Only a small percentage of uh, the proteins are digested in the way to their constituent amino acids by pancreatic juices. Most remain as dipeptides and tripeptides. The last digestive stage uh, of the proteins in the intestine lumen is achieved by enterocytes that line the villi of small intestine, mainly in the duodenum and jejunum. These cells have brush border that consists of hundreds of microvilli projecting from surface of each cell. In the membrane of uh, each of these microvilli, there are multiple peptidases that protrude through the membranes to the exterior where they come in contact with the interstitial fluids. Two types of peptidase enzymes are especially important, aminopeptidase and several dipeptidases. They succeed in splitting the remaining larger polypeptides into tripeptides and dipeptides and a few into amino acids. Both the amino acids plus dipeptides and tripeptides are easily transported through the microvillar membrane uh, into to the interior of the enterocyte. Finally, inside the cytosol of the enterocyte, there are intercellular peptidases that are specific for remaining types of linkages between amino acids. Within minutes, virtually all the last dipeptides and tripeptides are digested to the final stage to form single amino acids. Thus, the final digestion into amino acids occur in three locations, intestinal lumen, brush border and cytoplasm of enterocyte. Digestion of nucleic acids. Nucleic acids are splits into, uh, they are split into nucleotides in the intestine by pancreatic nucleases and nucleotides are split into nucleosides and phosphoric acid by enzymes that appear to be located on the luminal surfaces of mucosal cells. The nucleosidases are then split into their constituent sugar purine and pyrimidine bases. The bases are absorbed by active transport. Transport and absorption. Most proteins after digestion are absorbed through the luminal membranes of the intestinal epithelial cells in the form of dipeptides, tripeptides and few free amino acids. At last seven different uh, systems uh, transport amino acids at, at least seven different systems of transport of amino acids uh, into enterocytes are there. So this multiplicity of transport protein is required because of the diverse binding properties of different amino acids and peptides. 
five of these require sodium and co-transport uh, amino acids and sodium in a fashion similar to co-transport of sodium and glucose. Two of these uh, five also, or two of these five also require chloride. And in two systems, transport is independent of sodium. Dipeptides and tripeptides are transported into the enterocyte by a system that requires uh, hydrogen ion instead of sodium. In the enterocytes, amino acids are released from the peptides by intercellular hydrolysis, plus amino acids absorbed from the intestinal lumen and brush border are transported out of the enterocytes along their basolateral borders by five transport systems. Two of these systems are dependent on sodium and three are not. From via hepatic portal blood, they reach the liver and general circulation. Significant amounts of small peptides also enter the portal blood. Coming to fats, digestion. In mouth, lingual lipase is secreted by Ebner's gland and on the dorsal, dorsal surface of the tongue, but it has no action in the mouth. In the stomach, lingual lipase is active in stomach because uh, the action uh, starts in the acidic pH. Digests about 30% of the dietary triglyceride. Gastric lipase is secreted in stomach but has little importance except in pancreatic insufficiency. In small intestine, most of the fat digestion begins in the duodenum, pancreatic lipase being the one of the most important enzymes involved. The digestion of the fat includes three steps, that is emulsification of the fat by bile salts, then hydrolysis of fat by pancreatic and enteric lipolytic enzymes, then acceleration of fat digestion by micelli formation. Emulsification of fat by bile salts. The first step in uh, fat digestion is physically to break the fat globules into very small sizes so that the water uh, soluble digestive enzymes can act on the globule surfaces. This process is called emulsification of the fat. Emulsification of the fat mostly occurs in the duodenum under the influence of bile. Bile contains large quantity of bile salts as well as phospholipid lecithin. Both of these but especially the lecithin are extremely important for emulsification of fat. The polar parts of bile salts and lecithin molecules are highly soluble in water, whereas lipophilic non-polar portions of their molecules are highly soluble in fat. So this is uh, the emulsification where the natural fat, I mean it will be surrounded by uh, the bile salts and then bile salts is going to uh, the convert the the larger fat globules into the smaller fat globules so that surface area for the action of enzyme is going to in uh, to increase and this is called as emulsification of the fat. Therefore, fat soluble portions of these uh, liver secretions dissolve the surface layer of the fat globules with the polar portions projecting. The polar projections in turn are soluble in surrounding watery fluids which greatly decreases the surface tension of fat and makes it soluble as well. With the lowered surface tension of fats, segmentation moments of small intestine break up large fat globules into fine droplets. The surface area available for the action of lipase is increased 
many thousand times by emulsification of fat. Then hydrolysis of the fat by pancreatic and enteric lipolytic enzymes. Uh, the pancreatic lipase hydrolyzes the triglycerides. That is, triglycerides gets converted into free fatty acids plus two monoglycerides. Then colipase it binds with the pancreatic lipase and increases its lipolytic activity. Whereas bile salt uh, activated lipase catalyzes the hydrolysis of cholesterol esters, esters of fat-soluble vitamins, phospholipids, and triglycerides. Then cholesterol ester hydrolase hydrolyzes the cholesterol cholesterol ester to cholesterol and fatty acids, whereas phospholipase A2 hydrolyzes the phospholipids. Enteric lipase, the the enteric the enterocytes of the small intestine contain small amount of lipase known as enteric lipase, but this is usually not needed. Acceleration of fat digestion by formation. The hydrolysis of triglycerides is a highly reversible process. Therefore, accumulation of monoglycerides and free fatty acids in the vicinity of digesting fats quickly blocks further digestion. But the bile salts play additional important role in removing monoglycerides and free fatty acids from the vicinity of the digesting fat globules almost as rapidly as these end products of digestion are formed. Bile salts, when uh, high concentration, uh, the concentration is called as critical micellar concentration, have the tendency to form micellis. They are small spherical cylindrical globules containing 3 to 6 nanometers in diameter and composed of 20 to 30 molecules of bile salts uh, in a such a way that the lipid soluble non-polar ends are in the central fat globule and water soluble polar ends fan out to form outer covering micelli, covering of the micelli. The monoglycerides and fatty acids are released from the digestion of the fat are quickly incorporated into the central fatty portion of the micelli forming which is known as a mixed micellis. In this way bile salts accelerate the fat digestion by allowing the lipolytic action to continue. Here, this is the mechanism uh, how the bile salt is going to, I mean, surround the lipids and uh, by making them water soluble and uh, to enzymes to act on them, and hence they are going to facilitate the digestion of the fats. The bile salts micelles also act as a transport medium to carry the monoglycerides and free fatty acids both of which would otherwise be relatively insoluble to brush borders of the intestinal epithelial cells. There the monoglycerides and free fatty acids are absorbed into the blood, but the bile salts themselves are released back into the chyme to be used again and again. Absorption of fat Normally through lipids uh, are, are thought to enter the enterocyte by passive diffusion. Evidences are there regarding the involvement of carriers. In enterocytes, the free fatty acids, uh, the fate of free fatty acids is as follows. Fatty acids less than 10 to 12 carbon atoms are water soluble and they pass through the enterocyte unmodified and are actively transported into the portal blood. They uh, circulate as a free fatty acids, that is unesterified fatty acids. 
fatty acids with more than 10 to 12 carbon atoms are reesterified into triglycerides the subcholesterol is also esterified triglycerides and cholesterol esters are then coated with a layer of proteins cholesterol phospholipids to form chylomicrons they leave the cells and enter lymphatics that is in the mucosal cells uh, triglycerides are formed from two monoglycerides uh, in, in smooth endoplasmic reticulum some are formed from uh, glycerophosphate that is the product of glucose catabolism glycerophospholipids formed from the glycerophosphates and also part participate in the chylomicron formation the finished chylomicrons microns are excluded uh, from exocytosis from the basal or lateral aspects of the cell the free fatty acids are diffused into the portal blood while the lipids from the chylomicrons are diffused into the lacteal and then through the thoracic duct into the circulation absorption of long chain fatty acids is the greatest in the upper part of the small intestine but appreciable amounts are also absorbed in the ileum note that short chain fatty acids and medium chain fatty acids are directly absorbed from the intestinal lumen into the portal vein and is taken to the liver short chain fatty acids have 2 to 5 carbon atoms they are formed by the action of colonic bacteria on the complex uh, carbohydrates resistant starches and other components of the dietary fibers thus short uh, chain fatty acid is produced in the colon and reabsorbed from it so so this uh, is showing digestion and absorption of the fat but triglycerides convert into monoglycerides and free fatty acids they going to form uh, the micelles uh, and uh, the monoglycerides uh, ultimately the monoglycerides free fatty acids uh, they are going to be uh, converted into chylomicrons uh, in the enterocytes and they are released into the circulation they uh, enter into the uh, into the blood through the lacteal uh, lymph vessel system dietary fibers in humans there is no appreciable digestion of the dietary fibers for example cellulose hemicellulose lignin due to the absence of certain microorganisms in git which breaks down these substances therefore ingested cellulose passes out unchanged and the substances which are enclosed in cellulose wall escape digestion and absorption the physiological importance or significance of dietary fibers increased bulk of this undigested residue stimulates the intestinal peristalsis which in turn increases the passage of food through the intestine secondly increased cellulose content of the food increases the bulk of feces and thus high fiber content has a role in prevention and treatment of constipation the fibers reduces efficacy of absorption of digested food stuffs by forming mechanical barrier between nutrients and absorptive surfaces thus reduces the sudden increase in the blood glucose level after a meal that is postprandial hyperglycemia this also reduces the requirement of insulin during postprandial phase this is why high fiber diet is uh, 
helps in the prevention and treatment of individuals from diabetes mellitus. It also decreases blood cholesterol levels by binding the bile salts. Binding of bile salts with dietary fibers increases the excretion of bile salts in feces that leads to decreased amounts of bile salts available for enterohepatic circulation that increases the synthesis of fresh bile salts in the liver which is going to increase cholesterol utilization thus decreases the blood cholesterol. Thus uh, helps in the control of metabolic disorders associated with overnutrition such as obesity, atherosclerosis and hypercholesterolemia and diabetes mellitus. It also decreases the incidence of colon cancer by dilution of carcinogens by water held by dietary fibers and it also decreases the duration of contact between carcinogen and mucous membrane of colon as fibers increases the colon motility. And some carcinogens they also may bind to dietary fibers. Dumping syndrome, a condition characterized by development of weakness Dizziness, sweating after meals. It may be seen in patients who have undergone complete removal of stomach or gastrogenostomy. In these cases, food enters directly and rapidly into intestine and leads to this syndrome and it is due to the following causes. Hypoglycemia. In these patients, the absorption of food is also very quick in which slow uh, which is slow in normal individual due to the action of stomach. Therefore, uh, glucose are absorbed rapidly which stimulate insulin secretion. This increased uh, insulin ultimately leads to hypoglycemia that is called as late dumping syndrome. Then secondly, the rapid uh, entry of uh, hypotonic meal into the intestine which causes a rapid movement of water into gut from plasma thus providing hypo uh, volume and hypotension. Thank you.